Hey guys, welcome to episode 25 of The Doctor and the Dork. This is Frank here with our co-hostess, Olivia. Hi everyone. I can already tell you're going to be too close to the mic tonight. Too close? Yeah, you got to move away a little you're bit. You're far too close. We're recording in a different area than usual. Yeah, we've, uh, the dining room table has fallen victim to a puzzle. Yeah, we're like wicked old. We go for nighttime walks and we do jigsaw puzzles. Does that make us like... 70 years old <laughs> yeah we skipped like our parents age we went right past 50s into our 70s anywho hello everybody welcome back to the podcast did you miss us sorry we were gone so long yeah we missed you guys uh you sounded like a recording message like pre-recorded listen just because i'm good at podcasting doesn't mean you need to insult me <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> Um, yeah, guys, sorry that uh, we missed you last week. We actually made the episode. It was a real tragedy. And then I think Olivia... Frankie messed up something on Audacity and... I didn't touch the computer. Next Olivia... thing you know, I go upstairs, I come back down, and I open the thing, and all we've got is 10 seconds of our 30-something minute you know, recording. Blame the guy who didn't save the recording. For the person who did, it's okay. You because you unplugged the microphone. I know. I, I unplugged. I'm plugging the USB microphone. Wiped our. The real pod. miracle is that this <laughs> hasn't happened before. That is true, um, but we are sorry about missing a week, guys. We were re- we were gonna redo it, but we had such a good banter back and forth. None of us. I thought it was a really good episode. Well, the issue with last episode, too, was that we didn't want to do our usual Dr. and Dork segment, so instead we did, like, trivia questions that we asked each other. So then once we asked the question, the cat was out of the bag. We already that knew is the true. answer, so. No, yours were more trivia. Mine was more just. Opinion. Yeah, opinion-based. Yeah, that's true. Um, but we just want to uh, say thank you guys for sticking with us. We hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. And, uh, Olivia, why don't you take us away? Okay, well, today I would like to wish Frankie and I a happy one-year oh anniversary. My God. Feel free to write us an email to dork at gmail.com if you would also like to wish us a happy anniversary. Guys, is it weird that she says thank us for our anniversary? <laughs> Did I say that? I thought I said wish us a happy anniversary. It is. You're like asking for attention. You know what the great attention. part about podcasting is, is that I can listen. Most of the time you're right, I do say things wrong, but once in a blue moon. Um, Anywho, any chance to plug the email, I'm going to take it. Somebody's got to promote this brand that we're... Wait, have we gotten more emails? Well, no, but I didn't give a shout... Well, I gave a shout out last week and then it ended up in the cloud. Oh, yeah. Um, But I wanted to thank our first two emailers, which are Mama Martino <clears throat> and Mama Costa, who emailed us about 30 minutes apart, and we do appreciate the emails. Oh, I didn't say this now because I said it on the last episode, which did not exist. <laughs> if you're going to send us an email, spell out everything, doctor and dork. So no and symbol, no dr for doctor, spell out everything. No dk for dork. Nope. Tragic, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that covers our kind of first few things here. All Did right. you have a nice anniversary today? Um, Do you want to tell our listeners just how great it's been being in a relationship with me for a year? It's been fantastic, guys. That's great. <laughs> it's been Same, fa- guys. Same oh here. I sound, like, I sound like you have a gun to my head. <laughs> it's been really good, I swear. It's been fantastic. <laughs> Nothing but the best. No, we've had our ups and downs. And considering this is, I've never had a one-year anniversary um this has been pretty spectacular i'm happy 
Yeah, we went out to dinner tonight and then we drove and saw Christmas lights. Oh, I didn't write that down. I decorated the the halls with balls of holly. Not really, oh but I did God. wrap garland around just about everything you in the house. You did wrap garland around every window frame you could get a hold <laughs> and of. And it looks delightful. In it there. looks like... Don't let him fool you. Most nights he says, I gotta tell you, I really do like the lights in here. She's added mood lighting to the whole house. All right. I.e. Christmas lights. Oh, God. Great. I'm already bored. I know. We're four minutes in and I'm yawning. <laughs> um, but all right, guys. So if you're wondering what kind of stupid hobbies Olivia and I have wandered into lately, that's right, because we're not out running and playing tennis and hiking and everything else lately. What we've been up to is chess. Which only furthers the fact that we're 70 years old. <laughs> yes. Um, so we started watching, we saw it at the bar, um, was it Front Porch Brewery? Yeah. We started seeing uh, the show Queen's Gambit, and I was enthralled. I couldn't even talk to Olivia, I was too busy watching the show. So we had to switch seats so he could pay attention to me. Yeah, tragic. Should have <laughs> kept watching the show. But we did keep watching the show when we got home. <laughs> that is true. We, uh, we wrapped out the seven episode season, they're all about an hour long each episode, and... Uh, Wow. Truly, it's, I don't know, I, it's definitely lit in a fire in me again to start playing chess. And I'm happy I have the app now. Mm. But, uh, no, I'm loving playing chess online again. So Yeah, the show is really good. You can find it on Netflix. I really like the show. And we started playing a little bit. Last week, Frankie was, like, giving me cheaters and, like, three undos a game. And... Mm. I had a chance of winning, but ever since he took away those opportunities, I've now <laughs> lost every game. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's fine. Um, no, well, considering you went from having not played since you were like 11, yeah, you've done remarkably well to pick up the game. And I just, I remember my father played a lot with me when I was uh, younger. We played a lot of chess. And then uh, after a certain time, we just stopped playing. But I also got into chess club, and I so. guess my question to you is like, in the in the show, the girls like she's playing a lot, but she's also reading a lot about it. When you were in chess club and playing in your youth days, did you read about it, or like, do you think you get better naturally through playing? Because I feel like I make the same mistakes every time I play. I think until you know the lingo of chess, reading about it is useless. So, like, if you don't know what, you know, A7... Yeah, but I'm not going to or... know the lingo without reading. No, you wouldn't. But you can also get a chessboard that has the annotations of what each grid mm. is called. Yeah. Um. So, it is, you know... it. And then once you can play without having to sit in front of the board is when they say you really start learning. Do you think you could do that? No, I don't think I could at all. I don't think I have that kind of spatial organization in, in my your mind. head. Yeah. To be able to make a 64 grid thing and keep yeah. track of. No, I could probably get three moves out. 16, God, 32 pieces kicking around the board. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, no, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> all right, so what else do we got here? Um, oh my God, I need coffee tonight. Somebody's bored. Oh, I figured last time we talked about how rough rock climbing was after we were out of it, but there was no last time for our listeners. I know. Oh, my God. It sucks having to redo whole episodes. <laughs> yeah, so we went rock climbing last week, guys, at Prime Climb in Wallingford, Connecticut. Um, and I have to say, it brought back quite the flood of memories. I felt so at home there. Um, it's been a long time since I was climbing there. I had a great time. 
Yeah, it was a good time. I wish I like had any strength. Yeah, I feel you. It's <laughs> you know a little... what's funny is that like I'm arguably stronger now than I was last year when we were rock climbing. It's just such a unique set of muscles that until they're used to being fired up again. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it's your rock climbing muscles, as I'll call them, is really heavily, heavily dependent upon your hand and your forearms. Um, shoulders and back comes into it like those are nice. But somebody that has really good hand dexterity and forearm strength will mm. excel. And there's really not, I mean, blacksmiths. Yeah. I mean, carpenters, blacksmiths. Probably um, the construction guys who've got the power drill thing. No, I mean, that's that's general construction, but... You don't think that they're good at with no. their forearms? I mean, I'm sure they have strong forearms, but not to rock climbing level. No, there's there's very few things. Bodybuilding doesn't give you anything. I mean, maybe if you were doing like some hit workouts, yeah, and your whole body was just acclimated yeah, if you to do just CrossFit, and you always do pull ups. Uh, no, because they do those stupid kipping pull ups where they're like floundering so you have to jump first or what? Yeah, they like flounder around. They use their body momentum to like fly up the bar, so you can do more pull ups in less time. It's oh. dumb. All right. Anyways, so. the only other thing I want to talk about was yoga. And let me tell you guys, yoga's been great because it's been very similar to, you know, when you're at a restaurant and while you're walking around the restaurant, you have to wear your mask, but once you're at your table, you can take your mask off. Well, yoga is very similar. While you were walking around the studio, you had to wear your mask, but once you were on your yoga mat, you could take your mask off. Which, for the record, guys, this rule made no sense, seeing as we were in a yoga studio that was cramped with... I don't know, eight I'd people. I even argue it. it doesn't make sense in a restaurant. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense in a restaurant. <laughs> but we're basically, you didn't have to wear a mask. You go sit up, sit on your mat and you can take it off. And then do an hour-long yoga session with there's eight <laughs> people in a class plus a teacher packed into this tiny room. You know, like COVID's not rampantly spreading through Adieu, that place. Now you have to wear a mask and it really stings because it's 95 <laughs> degrees in Yeah, the hot yoga with a mask on is basically a quick way to die. So I think we're going to transition and do some focus on the, the rock climbing for a little bit and maybe wait it out in the corona situation for a few weeks. Yeah, we'll see how uh, Prime does if, if they stay... Because I'd like to find some emptier t- periods when there's mm. even less people there. Yeah. It'd be that's nice. That's understandable. So. All right. But, all right, guys. So, um, we didn't tell you in last week's episode, <laughs> but um, we finally, here we are, episode 25, and we have our book review. Thank goodness. It has been, the honestly, one of the most painful 273 pages <laughs> of my life. What was the book called, babe? Uh, the Man in the High Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I think have by the... Philip Dick. I think it's sitting over there. Oh, yeah. Philip K. Dick. Please hold, guys. Please Frankie hold. is retrieving the book <laughs> so he can confirm we did not mess up the author. Philip K. Dick. Nice. Um, and... Oh, let me sit back down. So what would you rank the book? Let's start so off with our scale I'm going to give this book a 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10. I'm giving it a 3 out of 10. I think it was written well. I think they have more storyline they could suss out. The whole Axis powers winning World War Two and oh yeah, let's what was like give so the audience. So the premises a... of the book is that there is uh, you know a timeline divergence. So back in World War Two, Germany and Japan win. America gets enslaved. Africa basically gets. I don't 
uh, holocausted, I guess. They, yeah, they, so basically they're, they're real they're, vague about their that. Their book but... is like the opposite of what the World War II outcome actually was. Yeah, and it, and it's, you know, it's kind of interesting because it was a different take on what the, fa- I guess, like fascist authoritarian yeah. Yeah. side of, you know, the world would have done if they'd won. Yes. And the whole world is basically united underneath Germany and Japan and the two of them sort of have a... F- ally thing yeah, it's, going even on. that's very confusing yeah it's the whole book though it has three different or i would say four different um plot lines to it yes and they they almost converge and then like just when you think it's about to finally get good 200 pages in, it doesn't yeah it it was very weird i you know it had my interest from page i would say 50 to 200 wow that's way more than i had 50 to 200 i thought were honestly good it was slow to pick up because you know he doesn't come out and tell you what it is you know you figure out what's going on with society and then after 200 though it felt like he started wrapping things up but with only 70 pages left and four open timelines to somehow make relevant he only got around to two of those timelines and the other two were kind of left hanging yeah i just felt as though he he could he needed to develop it more. Number one, I went into it, and what I really wanted to hear was like, I wanted before any characters were even introduced, I just wanted to understand like what was the nature of the United States at that time because I feel like he assumed that I under understood what he had going on in his mind, and I didn't, mm. and he just delved right into this universe that I didn't even have any idea about. Yeah, that is true. It was a bit weird. But all in all, yeah, I'm going to give The Man in the High Castle a 4 out of 10. And I'm uh, I'm excited to watch the show, though. I feel like the show is actually going to translate what the book could have been. It's going to be it's going to be one of the rare situations where the show is indeed better than the book. Yeah. So the next book, in case you guys want to read along, or maybe you want to listen along, and if that's the case, you can go to audibletrial.com <laughs> slash doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R, and A-N-D, dork, D-O-R-K, <laughs> and sign up for your free trial, and you get one free book, and you help out your local podcasters, Olivia and Frankie. Look, guys, if you sign up, Olivia will stop begging you to sign up. No, I won't. All right, because watching her spell out doctor and door, <laughs> very challenging. It is painful watching her because she's in pain doing you it. You know what? The only thing it tells me is that I definitely could not do chess without the board because just in visualizing <laughs> the letters spelled out in front of me is very complicated. But yes, guys, uh, feel free to sign up at our Audible link. Um, at audibletrial.com <laughs> slash Dr. Andor. Well, you know what happened is, it's true, we did, we passed 500 listens. We did. I don't know, I just felt like I hadn't checked that in a while. Oh, yeah, we're over 500, so... 500 downloads, whatever it is. Downloads, listens, which I would say that is a big landmark. Our next one is 1,000. Yeah, That's our next big landmark, good. so... Alright, guys, so anyways, our next book... Frankie picked out. Well, so we'll see how he does. To be fair, I did pick out that last book, although Frankie was interested in it as well. Um, this is called Lovecraft Country, a novel by Matt Ruff. It's also an HBO series, so maybe you don't want to read the book, you just want to watch the HBO series. That's really what I want to do, too, but here we are. All right, stay tuned as I read this brief summary. Chicago, 1954. 
When his father goes missing, 22-year-old Army veteran Atticus Turner embarks on a road trip to New England to find him, accompanied by his uncle George, publisher of the Safe Negro Travel Guide, and his childhood friend, oh boy, Letitia. On their journey to the manor of Mr. Brathwaite, hired to the estate that owned one of Atticus's ancestors, they encounter both mundane terrors of white America and malevolent spirits that seem straight out of the weird tales. George devours. A, I don't know what this word is. Do you know what that is? Oh, a chimerical blend of magic. Yeah, you can finish it. (laughs) A chimerical blend of magic, power, hope, and freedom that stretches across time, touching diverse members of two black families. Lovecraft Country is a devastating kaleidoscope um kaleidoscopic portrait of racism the terrifying specter that continues to haunt us today so guys we picked this book up not for its racial message but for the fact that it has some uh cthulhu entities in I don't, it what's a cthulhu a cthulhu so if you like edgar Allan poe he wrote a whole mythos um pertaining to the uh the ancient one, Cthulhu, who's basically like this giant evil interstellar squid god that lives in the fifth dimension. That, and... I, I did not hear about any... Oh, is that because he's on the cover? You think yes. they're going to enc- encounter him? Oh, I already know. I've watched part of the TV show. You already watched part of the TV I show? I did watch part. I had to know if there Guys, were Cthulhu monsters. We should have picked a different book. There's Cthulhu monsters. Does not say anything in here about no, I guess, malevolent spirits? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, guys, I don't really know how I'm going to feel about this, but you know what? I didn't know how I was going to feel about A Witch in Time, and as it turned out, I very much enjoyed that book. So, anything's possible. I suppose you can't judge a book by its cover. Oh, I only judge a book by its cover. That's why you pick terrible books. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Anyway, I'm going to take over my segment, Thank guys. goodness. Take a while, because I don't have a lot. I thought really? we were going to take longer. No, we could just have a short episode All today. Right. Um, Alright guys, so I've really only got um, three things. So one of them, I'll start with my bad news. Um, My bad news is David Prose, uh, who I'm sure you're saying who the hell is. Darth Vader. Oh my god, Olivia, I'm going to ruin your segment. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, this gentleman played Darth Vader in the original uh, three Star Wars trilogy. I knew who that was. Because you watched me look him up. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, he died at the age of 85. So if you guys have been looking for an excuse to go watch the Star Wars original trilogy, here's the time to pay respects to Darth Vader. Um, Mm. Just saying. I mean, it's always a good time Mm. to watch Star Wars. But all right. Next, um, I have some news on the PlayStation front. So the PlayStation Network is once again giving out free games for December. And they are giving out Worms Rumble, which if you guys ever played Worms, it's basically like a four, or I guess 1v3. I don't know. It's a four-person combat game. But apparently they added a twist. It is now a 32-person arena-style game. Um, where you basically are turn-based as far as I'm aware. I haven't played Rumble yet, but it sounds like they took the original Worms and just flipped it for multiplayer. Um, Next is Just Cause 4. Um, Now, if you remember, Just Cause 3 was the original um, 
I don't know. I don't want to say original RPG, but it came out for uh, PlayStation 3, and it was uh, kind of like um, Mercenaries. If you guys remember Mercenaries 1 and 2 from PlayStation 2, um, you have... I have no idea what you're No idea right what now. I'm talking about. Well, you have Just Cause, where this you can do all kinds of wild stuff, like wingsuit out of like jets from 20,000 feet, and mm. all kinds of crazy nonsense. Um, it's an open world, like you're a one-man army destroying the planet. I don't know. Kind of almost reminded me of Grand Theft Auto, truthfully. Um, but yeah, so those are the two free games they are giving out for uh, December on PlayStation. And to wrap this up, guys, if you have been able to get a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X, then congratulations because, honestly, I don't know how you did it. I've checked at every place I can think of I have tried getting there when they open. I have tried reserving online. I cannot get my hands. How much extra would you be willing to pay for one? None. Really? None. So if somebody was selling one for like 600 instead of 500 you would I buy would it? rather wait. Really? I won't buy that. No. I'm not paying more money for something that the original sellers wouldn't even offer You know what would be great is if everybody felt the way that you do because then those people who decided they needed to buy 40 of them would be stuck. Yeah, it does make me very salty that people are willing to pay more. And I'm like, that's just ridiculous. Just give Sony time to... Do you think Sony looks at that and is like, wow, we should really start charging more? No. Like, if people are willing to pay $1,000, why aren't we charging $1,000? No, it's just the reseller market. There's such a high demand right now. Um, I'll be interested to see their numbers for what they've sold Mm. um, because I think their pre-order sales outdid um, PlayStation 4s by like, they were saying over double its margin. Mm. So um, so it'll be interesting. But no, guys, that was my last bit of news. I have not been able to get my hands on a PS5. It doesn't appear that I will be getting one for quite some time because, well... Welcome to the world of bots and people buying every pre-order PlayStation. Yeah. So. Real tragedy. But uh, I think that's all I have for you guys this week. Um, Olivia, what do you have? Um, I really don't have much. I was really just going to say that Pfizer has officially submitted their emergency use authorization to the FDA for their coronavirus vaccine, stating that they had 95% efficacy. Basically, that 95% came right after Moderna said that theirs was around 95%. Initially, Pfizer was like, <laughs> oh, it's above 90%. And then the next day, it was like, oh, no, we're 95%. We're 95%. Um, I read that Moderna is expected to submit theirs shortly. Um, beyond that, I just read like a couple commentaries that I think made some interesting points and interesting discussion conversations as to what happens if one or both of these vaccines do get accepted for emergency use authorization. So the thing about those EUAs is that they're only meant to be used during the pandemic. So once we're no longer in a pandemic, the companies would need to seek full FDA approval for their drug, just like any other drug goes through the full FDA approval process. Now, The issue with that is, as the trials stand right now, they don't have enough data because at this point they haven't enrolled all of the patients that they need to to complete their trial. Now, if we have a vaccine that's available and you're a participant in a clinical trial and you go in and they say, okay, we 
have two th options. You're either going to end up getting the placebo or you're going to end up getting the vaccine. It's blinded, so you don't know which one you're going to get. The investigator doesn't know which one you've got. Are you realistically going to be like, uh, yeah, I'm in. Are you going to be like, no, nah, it's okay. I think I'll go to CVS and get my coronavirus Actual vaccine. vaccine. Yeah, so I think that's going to be challenging. So I just had a really stupid idea. Uh -huh. What is a double blind? Double blind, so... Good clinical trials are double blind, and what that means is that I, as the participant, don't know what drug I'm getting, and you, as the person who's giving me the vaccine, don't know which one you're giving. Why would that even remotely matter? It might matter. Why? If, like, why do I need as why the giver? Why should you not know? Yeah, as the giver of the drug. Because if you're gonna be my clinician and you're also gonna take notes on what what my symptoms are, what my adverse events are. You might think if you give me the real vaccine, you might expect that I'm going to have more adverse events. And therefore, if I say, you know, I have a headache, now suddenly you're going to mark that down at a much higher intensity than if you had just given me saline and you're like, eh, you probably would have had so, a headache anyways. Now let me ask you this, because I've even heard of things being triple, triple blind. Blinded. So that would be, that would be... I, the participant, am blinded. You, the clinician, is blinded. And then, like... Whoever the, fed the clinician is blinded on it? The Either the whoever gave you that is blinded, but more likely the person who's analyzing the data doesn't even know which one. They just have group A and B. So, I'm just going to come out and say it. That yeah. sounds really dumb. It's... It's Nobody sounds... knows what's going on. Well, here's... Let me... Let me... But they do. There's somebody higher up that knows what drug A means and what drug B means. Because that sounds to me like your participant has no clue what they're in there for. Yep. Your drug administrator's just like, screw it, I'm giving everyone sugar pills and opioids. And the data analysis has no idea. And the data analysis person doesn't have a clue. But let me ask you this. Do you think the placebo effect is a real thing? Yes. Okay, then why would it be any different for the clinician giving the drug? I guess because he's not receiving any drugs. So but what does it matter? Because if you're like the lead, in, like if you're Pfizer and you're a Pfizer clinician and you're giving that drug, you know you're hoping that vaccine works. And but if I'm the, the data thing, analyst and I know which one's the vaccine and I know that if I just push the numbers a little bit this direction that it's going to make my vaccine pass oh, that percentage. So that's what I was getting to. Yeah. Was so you're worried about people skewing information. Yeah. I mean, it's less important. I wouldn't say less important, but less, I don't know, harmful. Because as long as the effects are annotated, you know, the actual data is annotated for what it is. You know, yeah, it's less harmful altered. when you have like a discrete test that's going to say yes or no. But then still, when it comes down to things like side effects, you're probably going to expect side effects more with the actual vaccine than you are a saline solution. Mm. So therefore, you unconsciously are probably going to denote that that happened. Okay, so that, that makes a little more sense then. Yeah. Because I was like, what are you just like trying to make sure your doctor's miserable too? I was like, are they trying no. to... For a second there, I was like, what are they just... If you think you have a happy doctor, it'll help your patients more compared to if they're miserable or something. No, so the thought is just that you're going to treat every patient as if they had the real vaccine because you don't know whether or not they did. Or they could be like me and treat everyone like they just got right. sugar pills and just... <laughs> but yeah, so a good clinical trial always has at least the patient blinded, but a better clinical trial always has Now let me ask you blinded. this. If yeah. we know there's the blind, the double blind, and the triple. There, I, there is a quadruple blind. I just can't think of what it is. There's just another, nobody. No one knows what's going that's on. Blinded, but I nobody can't, at that, I can't nobody think of at who that it vaccination is. or that trial has a clue. 
Not the people who made the drug. The people who made the drug took two different vials and probably just swapped and went, who knows? But, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. Don't mm. you think? I, I think it's wild. That's the length science has gone to. And they're like, we trust people so little. Just no one can know what's you going know, on. You know, I think next week I'm going to um, review some stats about the placebo effect. Because I saw a documentary on it one time. It was pretty interesting. It is a potent effect. It's amazing what the brain can do. Like, just if you give somebody a sugar pill, like I want to say it was at least 20% of people thought they felt better. Yeah. It, it's wild what your mind can do. Which like, is just, just having even a more good so mentality. That like people always want to kind of shoot down Western medicine and the whole like mindfulness and sending energy places. But if you can take a pill that's got sugar or salt in it and suddenly be better, that's because you're being mindful and you're convincing yourself you're going to feel better. Well, that is true. It's just people think you should be able to obtain that without having to take a pill. You should though, don't you? Think so? I think you should be able to attain that without taking a pill. But, I mean, that's also the difference between someone who calls an ambulance for, you know, something minor when their friend or family could have driven them to the hospital. That's, you know, it's do you take the shortcut. The last thing I want to talk about with the clinical trials is in order to address this issue of is it ethical to not give somebody the vaccine when the vaccine has been shown to be effective is maybe they'll just enroll every patient with the vaccine. Um, Sometimes they'll do this in a trial if halfway through they determine that one treatment's far more effective than another. From that point on, they'll ask the FDA if it's okay if they change their protocol and then allow all future patients to get the actual drug. Well, it's just because of, uh, was it efficacy, right? Yeah, ethics. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't make sense to give people a bad drug. Yeah, so, but at the same time, I don't know. Then if everybody turns out to have side effects, then you're going to wish you had a placebo group to compare it to. Yeah, it, it will be interesting. So, I'm interested to see how the FDA handles it. Um, either way, I think it's good that we've got some very effective, allegedly, vaccines coming yeah alleged yeah it'll be i'm more interested <laughs> when these are going to roll out because they were talking about these before thanksgiving and yeah i'm interested in like nobody's saying when they're actually going to be ready one of my old co-workers sent me a picture of our little old hospital in canton potsdam hospital in potsdam new york and they already got a negative 80 degree freezer Really? Prepared for Pfizer. So I'm wondering how many other organizations already have done that. Because, like, we have a relatively small hospital up there. So I'm sure some of the bigger institutions, like, Tyler, why don't you write in to drindork at gmail.com <laughs> and let us know, does your hospital have the freezer? Because if so, then that's going to be really a non-factor anymore for a lot of institutions. Yeah. Getting the, the low-temp freezer or Yeah, fridge. they've already got it. Now they're probably hoping that that's the one that gets approved. Otherwise, they just wasted probably half their year's budget on buying that. Half their year's budget. I'm, I bet those things are... We'll look up how much one of those no, freezers costs. Those fridges are... Week. I mean, wholesale, they probably are expensive, but in a how company How much do you sense, want to say? Let's make... I love I would wagers. say... 25 grand. Yeah, I, all right. I'd say probably around that. Yeah. Maybe a little more, maybe fifty grand. Oh um, no, nah, I wouldn't even say fifty grand. That's not for something to make cold. All you need is a certain type of refrigerant, you know, something that I can guess maintain. You are a HVAC person. <laughs> you just need the right refrigerant, <laughs> and you need to be able to push it to the right pressures. Yeah. And then after that, it's just figuring everything else out. Anywho, that's all <laughs> I have. I'll try to bring something more exciting, new, and fresh to you next week. 
All right, guys. I think that's all we've got for you. <laughs> Olivia's losing her mind. I'm she really doesn't sorry. I me. hope you guys hear this <laughs> message because otherwise I'm not going to be doing well. <laughs> uh, no, no. Anyways, no. go follow us on Instagram, Dr. and Dork. Go send us an email, drandorkgmail.com. Follow us on everywhere. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us on Spotify. Drop us a comment on Podbean. Give us a like on Facebook or Instagram. We don't have a Facebook. We don't have a Facebook? Then go to Olivia's don't Facebook. Don't go to my Facebook. <laughs> go to Olivia's Facebook and Bye give everyone. it a like, guys. Bye, everyone. Talk to you next time. <laughs>